When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. Uh, As the CHGO Cubs crew said... Back from Australia, Vinny Duber. Uh, you can follow him on Still. Twitter at Vinny Duber. After all these weeks. You were somehow interviewing Dylan Cease here, uh, Pedro Grafal, and Andrew Bentendi at 35th and Shields, but also in Australia. It's You're been just, a month. I've been back from Australia for over a month. Man of many <laughs> talents. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow the man in the middle in uh, on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, we got a pretty uh, big guest, uh, and we actually don't have to do anything else for you know the next 25 minutes because you already talked to Dylan Cease. It's true. We, 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 you know, the timing worked out where uh, we were able to chat uh, earlier this morning, and uh, we have it ready for you right here. Yeah, so we got about uh, 24 minutes of Dylan Cease talking about 2023, what he's working on in the offseason, his, his froth. Uh, froth. Uh, froth. 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 Yeah. Uh, froth <laughs> and disc golf love. Uh, we got some honey talk as well. Mm-hmm. A great chat between Vinny and Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, we got the, uh, the the White Sox big uh, second place Cy Young finisher uh, on on the show today. Dylan, how's your offseason been? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been great. I mean, it's going by uh, it's going by super fast, but they always seem to. So uh, we're we're right about at that time. Hey, we saw the picture uh, over the offseason that the White Sox tweeted out. I'm glad to see that the mustache is back. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's uh, it's not solo yet, but uh, it's definitely I got I have the option again if I want to for sure. We, we it was it was was it gone during the offseason? We saw the picture with you and the cat. Was it missing in action for a while, or is that an old picture? No, no, it was gone for uh, yeah, it was gone for a good amount of the offseason. Well, I'm glad it's back and everything's okay. Uh, what uh, what have you what have you been working on this offseason? What uh, what has it been like? Kind of uh, you know getting ready for for 2023. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm still pretty much in my build-up phase. Um, I'm actually off the mound for the first day today. So uh, it's, it's been more just getting the body ready, getting the arm in shape. And, um, but a, a big emphasis for me is, has been working on my changeup. Um, so I, I'm pretty much just working on throwing it with arm speed and uh, kind of getting that feel, like not being too worried about the shape of the pitch or where the, you know, the accuracy of it. But, you know, throwing it like with my, in my long toss, um, and then, you know, throwing in the flat ground just so I can kind of try to feel it out. What, you know, to, what, what kind of stuff have you been working on with those specific pitches? I mean, you got, what, velocity changes or anything different? You adding anything else? What, uh, what can folks kind of expect to see maybe a little different in the arsenal this upcoming season? 
Yeah, I think the changeup's going to be harder. Um, I don't know how hard exactly. I'm, I'm still like, I'm still kind of in the early phases of tinkering with it, but it, it should be harder at the very least because I'm going to be throwing with arm speed. Um, so everything else should be hopefully pretty much the same with just a little bit better command. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, the changeup's definitely going to be the biggest, uh, I think, you, you'll see the biggest difference in the changeup. I'm sure this is something you're going over on a, on a very regular basis with Ethan Katz. Uh, yeah. What is that relationship like during the offseason? We hear so much sometimes, be it from, you know, the manager or, or, or from you guys when you talk in season about, you know, sending videos back and forth. What, what is the daily working relationship like with Ethan when you guys aren't in the same room together? Yeah, it's um, it's more of he'll kind of lay out a schedule for me at the beginning of the off season. And then a lot of the work is really just build up work. So it's not, there's not a whole lot to report on other than like, Hey, is the arm feeling good? Is the body feeling good? Um, so I'm, I'm at the point now where there's a little bit more like lately I've kind of been, you know, I'll call him or I'll text him and say, Hey, the changeup was really good today. I'm, I was happy with the feel of it or the, you know, how it's coming on my hand, all that. Um, but yeah, it's, right now it's still pretty early in, in terms of, um, actually working on stuff but you know like today i'm sure i'll i'm sure we'll talk today because uh, it's my first mound day so uh and I, I actually think he's uh i think he's planning on coming out here in a couple weeks and or maybe even yeah 10 days or so uh just to kind of see it see it in person before we get going so he's are you you're you're just down in, in georgia right now right so he's kind of making a uh, a whirlwind tour across america to uh, visit all his pitchers yeah yeah he is it's a grind You've got a uh, you got a new manager. Uh, mm -hmm. What have your conversations been like with Pedro, and uh, and and what can kind of the uh, what's he kind of telling not just you but kind of all the guys uh, about uh, what he's bringing to the table this year? Yeah, so I had a I had a nice probably twenty or thirty minute conversation with him, um, relatively relatively close to when he signed or when we when he signed when we signed him, um, and he basically just you know said that. Uh, with him, communication's huge. Um, you know, we're gonna have a relationship, um, and and pretty much, you know, it wasn't even that much about baseball. It's just, hey, uh, I want to get to know you. We're gonna have a relationship, um, and you know, we're we're gonna, you know, real away from baseball. Even I, I want to get to know you, kind of thing. So um, that was the biggest thing. And then uh, I I recently had a guy come up to me where I train. And uh, he said, hey, man, I, I wish we hired that guy as our manager. Like, I love that guy. So um, it's, uh, yeah, definitely heard a lot of good things about him. What uh, what sort of fit does he look like he's going to be for this team? I mean, uh, is he going to be somebody who kind of easily blends in with what you guys already got going? Or do you think he's going to come in and establish something new, which also is, is perhaps going to benefit you guys? Yeah, I'm sure it'll be, um, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of both. Um, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I'm still, I guess I'm still kind of young in my career, so I don't really know, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know what to expect in a situation like this. Um, but I, I think uh, just from what I've heard, um, from what I heard, I, th I think the communication is going to be good and the, the, you know, I guess what, what he's trying to preach and, and uh, what he's trying to communicate is going to be good. So, um, you know, that's uh, for me, I'm, I'm um, I don't know, I guess, Either way, I'm coming. I'm coming with kind of the same goal and the same mindset. So, um, I think I think we're all I think we're all going to work together, and um, you know, I think I think he'll bring some uh, some positive uh, positive change here for sure.
at the end of last season, you guys were obviously talking a lot about, you know, you got to wait till the year's over and, and kind of sit with it in the off season and evaluate kind of uh, everything that happened after sitting with, with the, you know, the disappointing results that you guys had last year for a few months now, what do you kind of, what do you, how do you kind of look back on last season and, and what do you kind of evaluate as, as you know, what maybe went wrong for you guys? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was a couple of, a couple of unexpected things all coming together. Um, you know, obviously the injuries didn't help. Um, and then um, a couple guys, you know, we had, we had some, some performance that was uh, lower than expected. Um, so I think, um, you know, I think just a combination of, of that injuries and, and lower than expected performance. Um, so it was, uh, it was, it was definitely disappointing, but um, I, I, I think there's, I think there's a, um, how do I word it? I think there's a, a really big desire to, to show everyone that that's not the team that we are and that we are more of the, the team from 2021 and even better, hopefully. Was there a noticeable difference in the clubhouse last year and uh, than there was maybe the year prior or even a few years prior? And was that basically just, it's no fun to lose or was there something else that you could detect there? Um, noticeable difference, I mean, I don't know. It just, it never felt like we really got on any of those hot streaks that we had before, you know, it kind of felt like it was always, it was kind of always like one for one or, you know, we'd lose two, win three, lose four, you know, it didn't, we didn't really get on any, any good streaks. And, um, you know, I guess it is, you know, our, our record was, you know, at 500. So I guess that is, uh, that really is the story of the season. It was kind of just, um, it was kind of just, you know, pretty, pretty average all the way through. Do you think a new voice in Pedro is, is going to help you guys kind of avoid that kind of thing uh, this year? Obviously, injuries and stuff are out of anybody's control. But, uh, yeah. you know, do you, do you expect a new voice to, to make a difference in that department? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think he's he's definitely going to help, uh, I guess, have a handle on everything. But at the end of the day, too, I feel like a lot of it is is us showing up and, um, you know, playing playing to our abilities, really. Um, you know, there's only there is only so much uh coaches and, and managers can do it's it's the players that have to, to show up you know so um hopefully it's a it's a combination of both what was it like this offseason to finish second in the al cy young vote yeah that was uh it was pretty surreal um you know it's uh, i think it's one of those that i don't know it, it's i still haven't even it still doesn't even really feel i guess uh real in a sense but um I know for me, I guess I, I've kind of just put it behind me and I'm trying to focus on this upcoming season. You know, it's, I, I don't want to get lost in, um, I don't want to get lost in, in that and then not prepare or not be ready for this upcoming season or get lackadaisical. So it's, it's a great honor. I, I actually haven't even reflected on it too much. Like I said, I'm trying to really just get ready for this season, but, um, you know, it's a really great honor and, and I, uh, I owe a lot of people a lot of credit for um, helping me helping me get to that point for sure. I know last year you said you when you were talking about the All Star team, you know that that maybe provided a little bit of a, a motivating factor for you. Is there a motivating factor in wanting to be number one even after getting as high as number two in that Cy Young vote? Yeah, I mean, um, really, it's just for me. It's coming down to trying to be the best player I can be. I, I feel like um, anytime you you do like a comparing comparing in that sense 
it can be easy to like get lost in what do you actually need to be need to do to be your best version, you know? So um, that's the biggest focus. Obviously I always, you always want to finish first and, and all that good stuff. But um, now for me, really, I'm just, uh, it's the same as always. I'm just trying to focus on improving myself and, and whatever happens, happens. How's the honey business? Oh, it's going pretty good. Uh, my dad hasn't been able to check on the bees lately because it's been a little cold and rainy, but uh, hopefully they're still kicking. Um, I, I really enjoy uh, being able to being able to provide some honey to the guys uh, throughout the year. So uh, I'm actually hoping uh, I'm actually hoping to get some honey uh, production going on this other project I got going on as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen. Please uh, share if you can. Yeah, uh, it's well. I can probably announce it. I guess so. Basically, I'm uh, I'm I'm in the process of building a uh, elite level disc golf course with uh, some of my buddies. One of my buddies, Paul, who plays. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we might put some some bees out there. Very nice, very nice. So uh, have you gotten what are what have the reviews been from the teammates on the honey? Oh, delicious! Everyone loves it. Unless unless they're just uh, unless they don't want to hurt my feelings, but it, it is delicious honey, so I believe them. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about the disc golf then. What you brought it up. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, what's? What? What have you been playing this off season? What's the best? The best course you played this off season? Uh, so I played best course. Probably, uh, I played in a tournament in South Florida with my buddy Paul and his brother. Um, can't let me. Th the course was called. Hmm. Honestly, I can't I can't think of the course off the top of my head. It was great though. It had uh it had like a lot of water and iguanas and monkeys and all this crazy stuff. Just a random park in in South Florida. Um that course was was really cool. Um other than that, I mean, I always like Bowers Park in uh, Tuscaloosa. Um yeah, other than that, I honestly I didn't really get to play a whole lot this off season. So There was monkeys on the course? Yeah. Monkeys. It was uh we had heard about them and we didn't see them until day three. The last day they were like on the ground uh, by the parking lot. So everyone was freaking out. It was, it was pretty funny. You don't got to worry about them t taking the disc. Honestly, if, if a monkey took my disc, I think I would just have to chalk it up to, to fate. <laughs> just for the story, right? Yeah. You'll trade the disc it. for the story. What yeah. are you looking forward to? Uh, what's your number one uh, course you want to play in 2023? You haven't Ooh, played before. Hopefully, hopefully mine exactly yeah right. it should be it should be up and running by then so uh yeah hopefully mine awesome what's your favorite spot out in arizona you play out in arizona during spring yeah there's uh there's fountain hill and then there's a course called i think it's a memorial um arizona doesn't have the greatest disc golf courses in my opinion but uh th they're pretty good um I, I i don't really get to play honestly once the season starts i don't like risking it but i'll get to maybe I don't know, two or three rounds in over the course of the entire season, if I'm lucky. It's an off-season uh, yeah. adventure. There you go. More there of an off-season adventure. Absolutely. What uh, What do you know about your new uh, teammate, your new rotation mate, Mike Clevenger? Uh, you know, not not much other than just, uh, you know, I've obviously watched him uh, go about his business since, uh, how long has he been in the league? Since 2014, 2015, maybe earlier. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've definitely watched him pitch a bunch. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really, um, connected with him, but he's, you know, obviously a very talented pitcher.
yeah, good addition. What do you make of this rotation as a whole? Yeah, I, I like where we're at. I mean, uh, I think it definitely definitely adds some depth. Um, you know, we we got. Uh, I think I think Geo's prime for for a great bounce back year. Um, I think Lance is feeling good, and and uh, that's you know that's a big thing. If he makes all of his starts, that's an all star caliber pitcher that we have. So, um, yeah, I think we're in a good spot. You brought up Lucas. How hard is he working this off season? Yeah, he's getting after it. I mean, I, he always works hard, but um, you know, he's he's very competitive. He's not a guy that that likes to um, he's not a guy that likes to lose or likes to you know do poorly. So uh, I know that I know that he's uh, you know taking taking everything very serious and working at it. What is uh, what is Lance like behind the scenes? Obviously, White Sox fans have have they love watching him. They love the way he acts on the mound. When when the cameras are not on and you know he's behind the doors, what what is it like to be Lance Lynn's teammate? Yeah, Lance is uh, man, I could use a lot of words to describe him. Um, he's he's definitely a leader, definitely a little bit of the sheriff, which uh, is, you know every team needs. Um, great sense of humor. Uh, I think the thing about Lance is uh, he he's not afraid to say what he's thinking. You know, he he's he's not going to sugarcoat it. Um, so you, you kind of you always know what you're getting, what he's thinking, which is great. Um, yeah, and he's uh, I mean, you know, picture a little a little more tame version of how he is on the mound. That's that's pretty much what he's like. You know, he's uh, what you see is what you get. And, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I, I, I definitely enjoy a sense of humor. Have you uh, talked with Liam Hendricks since he uh, announced uh, uh, what he's going through? Yeah, I, I, we've talked a little bit. I, I've tried to, uh, I've tried to more just give him a little bit of space because I know that you know he, he's going through a lot, and and a lot of people are probably trying to reach out to him and talk to him. But uh, you know, obviously that's that's something you never want to see, and it's it's very tragic. But um, you know, I, we'll definitely be in touch, and um, yeah, I'm hoping I get to see him a good amount this year. Any conversation amongst the guys about maybe what you might what you might be doing to uh, to support him, whether that's you know something that fans will see on the field or or something you guys are just going to do behind the scenes? Um, yeah, I've been talking. Uh, I've been talking with Gio a little bit. Um, you know, we're definitely we're definitely going to be involved in that sense. Uh, to what extent, I'm not sure, but um, you know, we're obviously going to give him as much support as we possibly can. A lot of folks talking. I think this happened about a year ago, but a, a lot of folks noticed uh, that uh, Scott Boris is your agent now. Uh, what are your conversations with him like? He's obviously such a high-profile guy in the sport. Yeah. Uh, as someone who is, uh, you know, his client now, what are you? What do you? What, what is it like when you talk with him? Yeah, uh, man. It's for me. It's. Uh, I always feel like I, I leave the conversations uh, learning something. You know, it's. Uh, I think I think that's one of the things that really makes him effective is he, he's a great communicator and he'll find a way to tell you an interesting story with what he's trying to communicate. And then, you know, he's able to weave that in. So he's able to tell you the facts. He's able to tell you the stories. And, um, you know, it's it's always it's always really, really intriguing. Um, I've been saying I, I, he needs to write a book just based on, you know, the very few stories. I'm sure he's got a million of them. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's always, it's always a, a breath of fresh air to, to hear him talk and, you know, um, kind of see what he's doing. Has he given you a little different outlook on your career and, and maybe kind of the way you want to go about things moving forward? Um, yeah, I think a different outlook. I mean, 
I think he does a really good job of um, kind of explaining to you how he sees you and like analytically and numbers wise, kind of where you're fitting in. And, and um, you know, at the same time, you know, also like what areas can be improved on, you know, he's not, it's not like he's just sitting there, you know, blowing smoke, blowing smoke up your rear end. He's, he's going to sit and tell you, but at, at the same time, it's uh, you know, it's a, when he talks to you, he's able to do it in a way that's really, um, really confidence boosting, which uh, I, I think is important. So, um, you know, if that's, that's the biggest thing really is just, you know, we, we focus on, um, on performance and, and how to be competent. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's always got a lot of, a lot of good tips in that area. When he talks to us at the winter meetings, he's all, he's got this, you know, list of, of jokes and puns that he's yeah, ready to leash. Has yeah. he talked to you? Obviously you've got the last name makes it for an easy pun setup. Is, is he run any of these by you yet? No, but I mean, I'm sure he's got, uh, I'm sure he's got some, I'm sure he's got some, he's got unleashed that he's probably uh, had in, had in the wing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I could expect that. Uh, do you know Dansby Swanson? The new, the new Cubs guy obviously grew up uh, in the Atlanta area. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he's in town now. Do you know him? Did you, did you face him in high school, anything like that? I don't know him personally, but funny enough, my first varsity uh, pitching outing, uh, my sophomore year, I, I closed against Marietta High School, and I, I did face Dansby. That's back when he was a switch hitter. Well, and what was the outcome? Uh, he popped up the center field, but I got to say, and I hate to be this guy, I threw one right down the middle that was called a ball that would have been a strikeout. Wow. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll send you I'll send you the clip if I can find it. You've got it on video. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh my goodness. So yeah. so we can so we can dig this up when the robot umps come along in however many years, you can uh you can rectify that in in some fashion. Yeah, we'll uh we'll send it to Mythbusters and we'll have them prove that the ball was in fact over the plate. There you go. There you go. Hey, you got a chance now to uh to to make up for it uh, to set history straight now because you'll be seeing him in crosstown for yeah, uh for what six times this year yeah ball doesn't lie <laughs> there you go there you go uh what do you make of the al central obviously we got some big news with uh carlos correa going back to minnesota what do you make of these teams that you guys are going to be going up against for the division this year yeah it's um you know i mean i i'd have to look at all their rosters and all that but it's it feels like it's pretty similar uh, the teams will be pretty similar, except I think the Guardians added uh, Josh Bell. Did they add anyone else? They added Bell for sure. They got a few uh, guys. Uh, they got a few guys here and there. Bell's the big name. Yeah. 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 So I think it's gonna be pretty similar. I mean, uh, for me, the biggest thing is I'm always more of a you got to focus inward and focus on you, you know. So, um, you know, obviously they're every team's gonna be doing what they're doing, but you know, I think I think it's hard to dispute us being the most talented team, you know. So, I mean, we really don't have we really don't have any uh, excuses in that area. So now we got to figure out how to execute and how to really kind of make it congruent and make it all come together. Obviously, you guys are trying to play the way you guys want to play, but was there anything you could learn from the way the Guardians seemed to approach things last year, the way just kind of their their mindset and, and maybe some of the little things that they were doing right all last year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think I think the things they do is um, they're, they're pretty fundamentally sound and they, they really try hard. Um, it, it's a, uh, it's a big hustle team. And um, you know, if, if, if anything, I think we got to match that for sure.
I don't know if you're into predictions or not, but when you, you look at your team and you when you get to Glendale and you look around that locker room, what can this team do? What 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 are your expect what are your guys' expectations for the White Sox in 2023? Yeah, I think um, you know, I think I think we're a lot better than what we showed last year. Um, you know, I, for me, like I said, it's it's I'm kind of more focused on the the what we have to do right now. Um, I, I like to focus on the steps and whatever the results are, that's what they are. Um, I think if you focus on the results, it can kind of it can it can get you off off of what you need to be focusing on and maybe add a little too much pressure pressure or add a little too much um, just unnecessary um, you know thoughts I suppose so um, you know I, I think we all know that we have the talent you know that's undeniable and not to mention you don't even have to have the most talent to be the winning team so um, you know it's it's if we execute if we can play like we know we can play then I think the sky's the limit. I, I, and everyone thinks that as well, you know, we just, um, you know, it's a matter of, of molding it and making it happen. Um, we got, I mean, we got really, we have power, we got great pitching. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of, a lot of, um, of positives to work with. Now we just got to make it happen. You pitched in the playoffs two years ago, and, and I know you talked then about what a big deal that was for you. How hungry are you to to do it again to to get back to that October stage? Yeah, uh, very excited, very hungry. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately, I wasn't super polished my first go around, and uh, so I, I want another shot at it with with this much more experience and uh, you know this this new level of of ability that I feel like I have. Um, it's uh, yeah, my first go around. It 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 was one of the coolest experiences. I mean that however many people were at guaranteed rate that day. I mean, it was like, it was so electric. I was throwing 101 purely because of, you know, the fans giving me adrenaline, which was incredible. Um, so I, I want another go around where I actually know how to control myself and how to focus and, and uh, you know, how, how to fill up the strike zone with my secondary, all that stuff that I didn't really have a great, great ability to do in my first go around. All right, before you go, we're seeing you right now. You've got the full beard. Yeah, are we going down back to the regular mustache for uh, for opening day, or uh, is this going to be just kind of feeling it out and see what uh, fits best for you? Uh, I think there's a good chance for for the regular mustache, but uh, you know, I kind of I like to keep people on their toes, so I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think there's a good chance. All right, Dylan Cease, thank you so much for joining the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, we will see you in Arizona. Awesome, thank you for having me. Thank you to Dylan Cease for joining Vinny Duber. Thank you to Vinny Duber for doing the work, doing the interviewing, uh, reaching out, getting Dylan on uh, the, the the show and getting the exclusive uh, uh, t talk with him. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, Vinny's chat with Dylan in just a second. We'll take a quick ad break here. Uh, Shady Rays, if you are in the Georgia sun, trying to protect yourself from the Georgia sun at a Marietta uh, Milton uh, high school baseball game. All the all the reflections coming off peaches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the sunshine sun, sunshine state? That's, no, that's, that would be that, Florida. It's oh, the peach okay. state. That's close. The, actually, that's Denver. It's close. It's oh. the sunshine state. Oh, okay. Oh, one of them's close. Uh, what's that from? Old school. Okay. Uh, 
So Shady Ray has never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you dropped it in the lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. It's why Shady Rays customers have given them over 200,000 five-star reviews. The three of us have our own pairs of Shady Rays and all love our pairs and Shady Rays stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do do what it takes to get it right. They offer free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay you to ship them back. That's it. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. It's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Also got to let you know about GameTime. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, uh, on the glass of the Blackhawks game tonight. Kev, you're working GN. Is there, they're here tonight, right? Um, I'm not going there tonight, but I have used okay. game time to well, go to Hawks games many times in my life. Someone yeah. you work with is going there because they're playing the Sabres uh, at the United Center. So mm-hmm. uh, if you are looking for something to do tonight, uh, you won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks tickets. It was created by the fans for the fans. Game time also guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Vinny, you were the man who talked to Dylan Cease, the, the whole 25 minute chat right there. What was the thing that stuck out the most to you uh, out of his answers? I think uh, I think these guys get it. I, I think these guys know uh, what's ahead of them. I, I, I think they know that last year it did not work uh, uh, at all when it came to what they were trying to do. And um, I think they know that, listen, they know what they're capable of. They know uh, how they should be playing on a nightly basis. If they can do that, then, yeah, they're good enough to, to be at the top of the division, certainly, if not the top of the American League. Uh, and I, I think, though, that they have realized that that's not going to be automatic, that they're going to have to do uh, what it takes to get that done. The comment that he had about the, the Guardians, when I asked him about the Guardians, was, hey, they try really hard, and we're going to have to match that. Uh, I, I think uh, last year... Uh, you know, and, and certainly Dylan's not the only one. We heard from Liam Hendricks all throughout last year or, or Jose Abreu or whatever it was saying, uh, you know, we kind of thought we were going to walk into this thing and just repeat 2021 over again. You know, it's a tough way to have to learn that lesson, but uh, it might be a lesson that has been learned. You couple that with what Pedro Grafol wants to see from these guys. He's making the connections, as Dylan said, to, to reach out to, to everybody on the team and uh, kind of let them know what he expects from them. Put that together, and, and maybe there is no forgetting, uh, you know, that it, that it takes a lot of hard work to go along with all that talent that they've got. And one of the things I took away from the Dylan Cease interview that Vinny did, and well done by Vinny, is that they all understand that you just can't throw your jock out there and win the Central. And Vinny, I mean, and Dylan was talking about, man, when I had my first experience in the playoffs, I was out here throwing 101 because I didn't know the adrenaline got me hyped up. So these experiences of failure of last year and the failure that happened in 2021, I think in an odd way will drive these guys to greatness because they know they have the talent here. 
they all know that they are the best team in the AL Central on paper. Now it's got to put it all together. With the failure of 2021 in the playoffs and the total failure of 2022, I think these guys are motivated, and Pedro Grafol is the right leader to move them up in the top of the AL Central. And I know that I am held them to a more of a championship standard of the whole league, but baby steps. I think that Dylan Cease and all the rest of those players know that they're better than the AL Central foes, and they're hungry to prove it this year and stomp these people into submission. Yeah, uh, some, some throat, throat stopping, Tom, mm-hmm. uh, I think as uh, Tim, Tim Anderson once said. Uh, some, some interesting quotes that did stick out there. I thought it was interesting that he wanted to pick the right words when saying uh, the White Sox have a real big desire to show everyone that's not who we are. Um, I don't know if he was trying not to swear and be a little bit more uh, pumped up about that one, uh, but just choosing his words carefully, and that does seem to be consistent with what Joe Kelly and Yasmani Grandal uh, have been saying this offseason as well, and he also said, focus inward, focus on you. Probably yogi stuff on that one. Uh, but uh, hard to dispute us being the most talented team, and we don't have any excuses. We have to execute. So the White Sox, again, like you said, they, they understand the job. They understand what they didn't do last year. And I think it was you know, very telling to us when it was like, oh, here comes White Sox momentum when we were doing all the, the post-game shows. Uh, here's some White Sox momentum, and here is it killed by a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And Dylan even kind of said that, that it was uh, uh, the season was pretty average all the way through, where they'd win three and then lose four, win two and then lose five. Like, uh, it evened it out with an 81-81 and 81 season. So I think you make a great point that, like, maybe those failures will hopefully push the White Sox. And I think a big thing about it is that communication with Pedro Grafal. Um one of the interesting things that he Dylan said uh, was that one of the guys that he trains with, uh, one of the major leaguers he trains with, said, I wish we hired that guy, uh, referring to Pedro Grafal. Um, I did a little bit of digging. Uh, it was it Rapid Rapid Sports Group? Yes. Uh, yeah, Rapid Sports Group is the uh, place where Dylan trains down in Georgia. Uh was it Drew Waters, uh, current Royals outfielder? You know, like I I'm, I'm was looking through all this stuff and I'm like, all right, who had who are the major leaguers tagged in all these Instagram videos that also had a managerial open? And that was the only guy that I could find. The guy that he they did a video with the White Sox, too. He actually was crossing paths with Charlie Blackman mm-hmm. while Charlie Blackman was leaving the facility. And so I was like, maybe Charlie Blackman said that, but they got a solid uh, manager and Bud Black right still. So I'm sure it's not him, but yeah. Drew Waters is like, yeah, that guy was uh, instrumental in the Royals doing what the Royals do. And I'm sure that there's some people, especially Salvi Perez, that wanted him to be the the head boss there in Kansas City. But I've been hearing only good things from Pedro Grafal. I've not heard one bad thing. Yes, he has not managed any games or had a, a team meeting as yet. But as a hiring goes, the, from a guy who didn't know before this to now, I could not have been a better uh, hire for the White Sox, I don't think. Well, I find it very interesting that Dylan's describing uh, the way that he's reaching out as just trying to get him to to know him as a person, um, and that Dylan's emphasizing communication. So I do wonder where Pedro Grafal, in every other interview, like it's tough to pull anything besides baseball out of him. So it's interesting to see like with his players that he's taking the exact opposite route. Like obviously we're going to be around baseball for 162 games, hopefully more with playoffs uh, in 2023, but let me get to know you as a person. Uh, the, the per- he's, he's referred to the man that you are as well a lot. So um, an interesting approach. Uh, have you guys seen stuff like this before? Like someone that has kind of taken this, you know, really personable route to managing before not with the White Sox because as we've seen it they've been pretty much the people that the White Sox people know I just think as I've always uh, said 
a manager's more of a philosopher. He's more of a dealing with personalities guy, and that's good that he's reaching out to the actual people, not the baseball person. They want to know about the person. What do you? What gets you hyped? What gets you low? Which? What do you like? How do you like to be managed? You know, because this is a new person to the organization. He's the one that has to ingratiate himself to that team, not the other way around. There's 26 other people there. He has to maneuver between those people, not them maneuver to how he feels. And so it's good that he's reaching out to these people and having de- decent lengthy conversations. He said like a 30-minute conversation after he got hired. So if he's doing this to all the players, I think that goes a long way with these players just to say he doesn't just care about me as some guy that – wins him baseball games, makes him look get better. He actually cares about me as a person. And if you feel like a person, your boss, your higher-up, actually cares about you as a person, maybe you perform that much better. Well, I'd answer that question from you, Sean, in a, in a few different ways. I mean, I think Ricky Renneria definitely did that kind of thing, had that type of relationship with a lot of these players. I remember a story I did uh, on Ricky a few, a few springs back, uh, you know, some moments, some really impressive moments of, of – connecting with Tim Anderson and, and connecting with Lucas Giolito, um, you know, really really caring about their success, like you just said there, Herb. Um, and I also wouldn't uh, color everybody who hasn't necessarily gone to that length in a light of being careless or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We heard a lot of really positive reviews for the kind of uh, person that Tony La Russa was to these, to these guys and the relationships that he had with them. Even someone where some everybody was so worried about, oh, is he going to get along well with Tim Anderson, the kind of modern baseball player that Tim Anderson is versus the very not modern uh, baseball manager that Tony La Russa is. Uh, and those two seemed, from a relationship standpoint, to work really well together. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's binary, you know what I mean? But I think Pedro Gafal can definitely deserve the, the, the kudos for going out and, and, and doing this kind of thing and making that part of his philosophy. Uh, I definitely get uh, big-time uh, Ricky Renaviria vibes on, on that front as well. I, I do wonder, too, now having the hitting uh, staff turnover, I, I do wonder you know, what the communication was like with Don Cooper and the pitching staff compared to Ethan Katz and the pitching staff. And I, I said that, you know, they've updated that language. They're speaking more of a modern game, but I do wonder if the communication is stronger. And I do wonder now, like with the change from Frank, Frank Medicino to Pedro Griffal and the staff that he's brought in, I do wonder if that communication's improved. And we saw the White Sox pitching under Ethan Katz improve immensely uh, compared to Don Cooper. And obviously, you know, they they also brought in Lance Lynn. He's been pretty good. Uh, but Carlos Rodon wasn't as good as he was under Ethan Katz compared to Don Cooper. Same with Dylan Cease. Um, Dylan was obviously a little bit younger. Um, but I do wonder if that's another big part of this is like now the communication is going to be happening on the offensive side. And, you know, that 81 and 81 team can take a step up because the offense is being improved. They're, they're having those daily conversations. Uh, they are having those basic human interactions uh, that allows you to trust guys easier. And if, you know, this guy is someone that you trust and have built up a uh, relationship over the past four months and then he comes and brings you information maybe it's easier to to take it from that guy um you know i'm just trying to think of positives from this style and, and this communication style and and hopefully uh that that's the connections that are made for the Sox. and like i said before it's not necessarily one size fits all for all the players some people don't want to hear from manager hitting coach because they have their system they have the way they do things hey thanks for uh, checking in 
I'll be over here. I'll be doing my off-season program because I know how to get my thing right. You know, some people go back to their their initial coaches, like Lucas Giolito did with Ethan Katz, outside of the organization at the time. Some people, their swings are set up by their dads or their first coach. And so, yeah, thank you for your input, uh, hating coach, but I'm going to be over here working on my swing. So they have to find the balance between how much information they need to give each individual player because they don't necessarily learn the same. Different different people learn different and also want to hear uh, from the manager differently. Some people want to be talked to all the time. Some people want to be left alone as a grown man. So Pedro and his staff need to find that balance once they hit uh, spring training out there. And I'm glad it's like a still six weeks to a month, two months out there. So you really know, get to know your people. If you're a veteran, like a, you're like a longtime uh, manager – Two months is a lot of time to be spending with the same people, especially when you're going six months more with those same people. Two months for the White Sox to learn the fundamentals under Pedro Grafal and what he uh, wants and what the players want from those coaching staff, I think is a nice establishing uh, thing down there in Arizona. Herb, these socks are incredible. Oh, you like them? Oh, sorry. Can we can we get Herb socks uh, in the, in the shot like here? New Order socks? No. I, for They're Christmas. Nice. You know when you're a kid – you didn't like getting socks. And so nowadays, I just tell my fiance and her family to just give me socks. And so I have, diff- I've been wearing different pairs of socks, kind of colorful, which is not my style, every day. I just like a nice sock. You got purple or blue ones on, They're too. Just blue. They're just navy blue Nike socks. Okay. Yeah. They're, fine. They're I, not impressive. Herbs are nice. I have some red ones that I usually don't wear. I might wear tomorrow. But yeah, this is a, I like a, if somebody gives me a Christmas gift and it's socks, I'm in. That's all of me. There you go. All right. I mean, just how different life is. Like, kids used to – I used to hate socks. Like, absolutely detest them, not wear them at all. Now I can't live without them. Yeah, but now that I, I spend my own money, I'm not getting, like, five bucks from my mom, like, every time I leave the house or whatever. Like, you know, hey, go buy yeah, Have you ever bought your own socks? Yes. Uh, yes, I have. Yes. I've it's, never it's a, bought my well, own it's socks. It's a horrible experience. Are you not an adult man? No, I <laughs> no, don't. Like, I just wear the same <laughs> socks. I'm with Herb that, like – you know, I, I now cherish socks and underwear as a gift because I don't want to spend my money on that. Yeah, I don't know. No, you got to get exactly what you want. Uh-huh. I don't want people. I don't want people picking picking those garments for me. Yeah, my socks. Yeah. I don't. You know me. I'm dressed like this, so I barely pick anything. Haynes is reliable. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> see, I think it is important when you cover the White Sox that you do have actual socks. Yeah. Talk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I think so too. Um, we'll take another break here, and then we'll uh, we'll. we'll Recap a little bit more of Cease here. I uh, got some some stuff on the uh, the changeup. Uh, he mentioned Lance Lynn being the sheriff that I thought was a, a funny uh, funny picture uh, in my head. And then uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about agencies as well. Greg, I'm not one of those Boros. people who wears socks to bed. It I Mm-mm. I sweat too much and no. my feet would sweat. And no, I'm not that person. But I wear them every other time. I barely wear bare feet. Socks are essential for me. Type 2 diabetes is part of it, but also I just don't like the bare ground touching my feet, my bare feet. I like slippers in my household, you know. I, I'm, I'm with mm. you. I don't like bare feet touching the, the hardwood. Slippers and robes. This is an old man, old man <laughs> the show. The young cats over yeah, here wearing no, robes oh, and slippers. I never said robes. It'll change your life. <laughs> Uh, I think slippers will change your life. Sweating. You're, you're, you're not wrong about that, Kevin. Robe. Uh, you will also change your life. The Combat Energy Efficiency Program. It's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve 
manage energy usage, and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit ComEd.com slash PoweringBIZ. That's comed.com slash powering biz now to start saving money and energy and to start a project contact us at 1-855-433-2700 and for more information is email business ee at comed.com or public sector ee at comed.com also got to let you know about foco chicago you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams so get fitted in the best sports gear around foco has you covered from soldier field to the front room north or south side with hoodies slippers signs bobbleheads and everything in between, get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. Foco, that's F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out Foco.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, at Foco, F-O-C-O.com. I thought it was really interesting when you brought up uh, Scott Boris and that conversation with Dylan. We just talked about the arbitration numbers. He got like 300,000 more than MLB trade rumors projected him, but still the big years will be his free agent years. And he made the switch uh, to go from one agency to Scott Boris, the agent uh, in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, not the first guy to bring up that Scott Boris should write a book. Um, and especially now with the Carlos Correa stuff, I think he's got like eight <laughs> there's chapters a, there's right a there. book. There's a book. Yeah, all by um, itself. But what did, what did you glean from the Scott Boris uh, conversation or any of the things that C said? Well, listen, I you know I remember when I was when I was younger and, and you know when you're when you're in the fan realm and everything like that. Scott Boris, for some reason, was was, was someone you're supposed to hate, someone mm-hmm. you're not supposed to like, right? He's a, a one of baseball's bad guys or something like that. And as both I've grown older and and become you know someone who covers the sport and doesn't have a rooting interest anymore, he strikes me as not necessarily a bad guy. He's someone who is just tremendous at his job. And I think you get there in the answer from Dylan, not necessarily, you know, any trade secrets or anything, but a, just a little bit of a peel back, a look back behind the curtain at some of the things that make him so good at this job, at his job. And, you know, he's talking to his client here who in a few years is going to be hitting that open market. And nobody knows, perhaps in baseball, more than Scott Boris, what the market is looking for what those teams are looking for, and so if you're gonna uh, sit here and go, Scott Boris is telling Dylan Cease what he needs to do to be better, and he's going over analytics with Dylan Cease. What? What? Well, isn't that Ethan Katz's job kind of thing? Well, Scott Boris knows what other what sort of analytics other teams are looking at mm-hmm. when they want to hand out a big contract. He knows what mark the market is uh, going to be interested in when it comes to handing out a gigantic contract, which if Dylan Cease keeps pitching like this, he's going to get. So I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. I think that's a very interesting look at what is the job of the agent when someone's not a free agent yet. And it is preparing yourself to be the best possible, the most sellable version of yourself, the one that teams are going to be bidding over, uh, even if it's a few years from now, you want to start laying that groundwork right now. I mean, I, and I agree with Vinny. I used to hate Scott Boris, spe- specifically because of the White Sox fan. Kenny Williams could not work with him. 
Jerry Reinsdorf hated the man. I don't know if that still exists, but Rick Hahn has subsequently, like, you know, smoothed out the relationship because Rick is a, a contract negotiator, a guy who's been a player agent, so he understands the lingo. And so you, Scott Boris gets your client what he needs, what he desires. Did anybody see Chris Bryant getting the deal that Chris Bryant got in Colorado? No. The man has been hurt for years, hadn't been the MVP caliber he was, still getting $26 million a year. Now, we got two teams with two doctors telling these people that Carlos Correa could not play or he will is, is one injury. Do, one doctor. I one oh, doctor. Yeah, one yeah. doctor will yeah. telling them they can't play. And we're they're, two of those teams are believing him. Minnesota's like, we had him last year. We're good. Fuck that. Gave him money. So every time I see a player fire their agent and hire Scott Boris, that tells me that player is confident in himself. That tells me that player knows that they want top dollar. They want no money left in the uh, owner's uh, pockets. They want all their money. And so they're going to perform that way to make all that money. And so Dylan Cease is smart to change his uh, agency to Scott Boris. And Scott Boris, I think, is a former player, so he knows the game that way, and also he knows the law and uh, baseball contracts. So I, I see it as a great thing that he has changed his ownership or his uh, agency to Scott Boris and doing that because that means that that man knows that he's going to get broke off when it's time to get free agency money. I had no idea that Scott Boris actually played baseball. He yeah. was a walk-on for the University of Pacific. Um, he campus. was, as of 2009, he was top 10 in school history in multiple offensive categories. I think he wrote his own Wikipedia page. Um, he was inducted or into it's the... probably just ripped right from the Boris Corp website, one of the two. True. Uh, he was uh, inducted to the Pacific Athletics Hall of Fame in 95, was the team's annual most improved player uh award uh, oh the the most improved player award was named in his honor uh, at pacific university and then spent four years in minor league ball with the cards and cubs i had no idea that he played um yeah I, I, and two like i mean i think obvious i could i could look at baseball reference and tell him this but like what scott boris will say is basically like hey looking at your 2022 like it's great that you finished second in cy young but you also led the league in walks like that's going to be something that's going to be brought up immediately in contract negotiations or they're going to bring up certain stats and everything and like it's it's all about making you like you said the most sellable product the the, the easiest most polished product carlos rodan had a fantastic 2022 and you know 2021 but it's that september months in 2021 where his arm was given out on him and he was throwing 92 that teams probably looked into more than anything else um so yeah it's it's just about somebody who can package you and dylan's not worrying about packaging himself he's just trying to be himself he's just trying to go out there and pitch and work on his own arsenal so um an interesting player i mean just a, a great talk scott boris might not be uh you know an ethan katz level expert on you know what sort of spin you want right. to put on a on a pitch like this that. is how you use the but, core velocity belt <laughs> but he is he is the world's foremost expert in getting a major league baseball player a yeah. gigantic contract and that is uh you know something that you definitely not just have to, but should want to have your ears wide open to. And it sounds like Scott Boris makes it real easy uh, because you've got Dylan Cease talking about not just uh, how knowledgeable Scott Boris is, but how easy to talk to he is uh, in, in just in general. So and I hope he's telling him, hey, yeah, you're leading the league in walks, but look at your bad ball profile. You're not getting hit that hard. Your your uh, barrel percentage has gone down from a good 2021. It's gone down from there. So – Pitch the ball to him. I know you want the strikeout, and strikeout is king. But also, 
sometimes you just got to let these people hit it and let the people feel behind you. And so you can have quicker outs and you can go longer to innings. We've seen him learn that throughout the year, like kind of like early in the year. We were, I was disappointed. I was like Dylan Cease and uh, Michael Kopech at the time. They weren't going long. They were, the length of the games were like five, five and a third. And then they started lengthening out, not looking for strikeouts, hit, letting the team hit yeah. the ball. There was also the, the lockout. Half, yeah, in the second half, Dylan Cease, I think, lost some of the velocity or lost some of the, the bite, lost some of the curve, uh, the slider uh, spin on it, and had to rely on actually having this better, batter hit the ball early in the count instead of going deep into counts because he was striking out everybody and their mom in the first half. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I think – Especially it seemed like later on in the season that left-handers just became more successful against him, and I think that's why we heard him bring up the changeup. And you look at the stats, at least, between uh, right-handers and left-handers. Against lefties, uh, lefties had a 219, 319, and 325. Sorry, a 219 batting average, a 319 on-base percentage, and a 325 slugging percentage, uh, 34 walks. Against right-handers, 161 batting average, 238 on-base percentage, 289 slugging awesome. percentage, 44 walks. Um, but you look at the... Actually, I think the 44 walks was the left-handed batter. So he had more walks against lefties uh, than righties and then also in less plate appearances. So, you know, lefties were walking more. They were hitting them harder. They were getting on more consistently. And the biggest thing to get guys off of that is, you know, they were sticking on the fastball. His slider kind of, as long as it's, you know, if it's going out of the zone, it's really not a pitch that lefties will want to go on to. Um, so you think that changeup is the most natural step. And I think it's just an interesting place for him to go to because, um, looking at how dominant he was, he had uh, a run value between his pitches in 2022 of minus uh, 36.1. That is the 16th highest in StatCast in the StatCast era, um, and he used 96 percent, 96.6 percent of his pitches were fastball, slider, and curveball. Um, Kershaw had a similar arsenal to that in 2015. Uh, Verlander in 2019 and Cole in 2019 were at 90%. Verlander in 2018 was above 97%. Kershaw in 2016 was at 98%. Verlander and DeGrom in 2016 and 2019 were at around 90%. But really, Cease being at that 97 level is kind of unique. So having more offerings will be very interesting. But his changeup's kind of weird. Um, He mentioned his arm speed and trying to figure out like the feel for that pitch. It's a very odd pitch because this changeup, and this is uh, minimum 75 results for the changeup and minimum 100 results for the fastball on StatCast. His changeup velocity is below 80 miles per hour and his fastball velocity obviously over 90 miles per hour. Here are the pitchers that have a changeup velocity below 80 on their, uh, below 80 miles per hour and a fastball velocity over 90. Eli Morgan of the Guardians, uh, his changeup is at 75.9 miles per hour. His fastball is at 92.1. Dylan Cease, his changeup is at 77.9 miles per hour. His fastball at 69.8 miles per hour. Tyler Anderson, former. 68. Oh, 69.96.8. Sorry. Uh, Tyler Anderson, former of the Dodgers, now the uh, Angels, at 79 miles per hour for his changeup, 90.7 miles per hour for his fastball. Nick Martinez of the Padres. 79.7 79.7 miles per hour on his changeup, 84.3 on his fastballs. Jarrell Cotton, uh, 79.7 miles per hour on his changeup, 92.7 miles per hour on his fastball. The real point that I'm trying to make, Cease's difference between his fastball and changeup, 18.9 miles per hour. Eli Morgan, 16.2. Uh, then Nick Martinez at 13.7. Jarrell Cotton at 13. And Tyler Anderson at 11.7. Like, he's the only person 
outside of Eli Morgan that has that 15 mile per hour difference between his fastball and curveball. He's the only Sounds like that might be changing. Yes, right, yeah, right. And that's yeah. well that, that's the thing is like um with Lucas like the big thing that Stoney always talks about is the fact that it's like about 11 miles per hour difference between his average fla- uh, fastball velocity and his change of velocity. In 2021 his good year was around 93.8 compared to 81.5 um and it's just that it's such a drastic difference. It's just you're delaying that 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 timing so much, and I think ceases at a point where that 18 is way too different. Like the the major league average is around 11 to 10. Um, you see some vast uh, differences between like Sandy Alcantara, who could throw like a 99 per hour sinker and then bust out a 92 mile per hour changeup. Um, so the, the the pitch velocity doesn't matter too much, but I think. Dylan's trying to talk about feel and just making fooling, it feel. It's not fooling anybody. It's not fooling right. anybody, and it's not natural, right? right? Like, the 18 miles per hour difference is just because he's trying to throw the ball as slow as he possibly right. can. Yeah. Where now he's trying to work it on arm speed, and he's not even on the mound. Like you said today, he's getting on the mound for the first time today. Like, that's why he's just trying to make it a natural throwing motion on the ground in his routine just so it comes off the mound with a feel pitch like that that's what a changeup is it's not really a grip pitch it's not really uh you know uh you know fastball trying to get backspin on it whatever um it's just all based on feel and trying to develop that feel and if he's able to get that feel like i mean this arsenal could be stupendous uh, i mean his spin rates already on the changeup slider and fastball are top echelon so if he can even get an average changeup like this is cy young worthy so that, that got me really excited so and i haven't seen the video of him throwing a changeup yet i mean i probably saw it during just games but it has to be something different with the delivery too like where he's not throwing he's, yeah he slows down ball right and it's not coming through the i mean the whole mechanic slows down rather than it's it, it, it being you, you know a, a grip and a, a just a feel for it and so yeah i mean if he's got the feel and he's got the grip for it, I would love for him to use it a little bit more. But like Lucas does, if he doesn't, shelf it. You know, you have three other top-notch Major League pitches. Go with those. Keep with those pitches and uh, don't try to – I know you know being better and trying to improve is always, trying to, is always part of our athletes' uh, repertoire. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. Try to fix the other pitches. Like, gear up that slider a little bit well, more. Make that fastball a little bit more spin. I know he's trying to do all these things, but I would say focus on the pitches, your strengths instead of your weaknesses. He, he said things will be the same but with better command. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing. If, if his fastball has better command, if his slider has better command, he'll get more outs, he'll walk less people. Same with his curveball. But I think just having that fourth offering, especially two left-handers, that can make him just unstoppable just because – having that difference of that pitches and then being able to have a, another pitch to go to versus lefties. I mean, that's just where I think you could put them over the edge. What do you, I would think also moving on the rubber to lefties, like, you know, how his pitches and his sliders don't work to lefties too much because it's way inside and they're not going to take it. Maybe moving to the third base side of the mound and then throwing that slider where you need to throw it because it can look a little bit different. The shape of the pitch can be look, look a little different. You know, tinkering with things on the mound all the time should be part of these pitchers' uh, repertoire. I'm guessing Ethan Katz has uh, yeah. has a, he's, he's a got a binder plan. full of all. Of them. I'm sure, he's but got they're like I see most of them. They're like in the middle of the mound. I'm like, change some things up. Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see about that. Um, anyways, great work today, Vinny, with the interview. Uh, Herb, appreciate you. Uh, follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, he's got two different posts up on allchgo.com. Uh, the full recap 
of the Dylan Cease interview, uh, written out quotes and everything from Dylan. Uh, so if you could just take that process, if it's easier for you to process that information reading, uh, check out allchgo.com. Also got uh, clips of Dansby Swanson and Dylan Cease's at bat between each other, uh, Marietta versus Milton, uh, if you want to see those intertwined. And then also, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eckenwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Not I'm, Hugh Hefner. And, and shout out to Kevin Wells, Hugh Hefner, for producing the show. This robe and sandals. Comment uh, of the day. <laughs> I, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel.